0: message from Trinity Grace Church in San Antonio, Texas. For more information, please visit trinitygracesa.org. I'm going to start by reading from Hebrews chapter 12. If you would follow along with me, this is the word of our Lord. <clears throat> Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance a race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me pray for us this morning. Father in heaven, we pray that you would speak to us through your word this morning. We thank you for the joy um, that you went through to go to the cross on our behalf. We thank you that we may have that joy, um, that we may be part of your story and uh, be joyful in that. We pray that these words um, would be encouraging to us this morning. And we ask uh, that you would meet us here in this in this space, in this time. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um well, Michael, thanks for letting me come up here and share with you guys this morning. Um, we love this church. We are so grateful to be here. Um, Sarah, my wife, was not feeling well this morning. It's not COVID-related. I just want to assure you of that. I know that anytime that someone says that they're not feeling well, there's always panic. Um, so you can, if you want to, you can be 20 feet away from me, um, but I don't think that she stick with that. Um, and I have not been around as much lately because I'm kind of like the pinch hitter for uh, this area in terms of being a person who's available to preach last minute. And I've gotten two calls in the past month and a half of pastors who either tested positive or a family member tested positive. So Um, we love the church and I do too. Um, we just hope that in an easier season that our whole family will be here, uh, and we'll be worshiping with you guys. But it's been a joy in the past six months to get to know a lot of you guys, sit down with you and have coffee, uh, or talk, you know, face to face with masks on. And so we really look forward to, uh, growing with you guys and getting to know y'all, uh, more and more over the next several years, um, and also, Merry Christmas, too. Uh, we had a really fun Christmas here in San Antonio, um, which was our first one. So, uh, But as we think of these two verses that I've put before you in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, the, the, the thing that came to mind first for me was the movie The Chariots of Fire. And um, if you are around my age or older, you're probably familiar with this film, it uh, won Best Picture in 1982. And it features these uh, two athletes from Great Britain named Eric Little and Harold Abrams. Um, and their battle uh, really against each other, but, but their encouragement of each other through the 1924 Olympics in Paris. Uh, and there's just the amazing scene at the beginning of this film. I, I watched it about 20 times over the past 24 hours. It's so inspiring um, of, of them running on the beach in Britain. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not gonna recreate the sounds, but if you go back and watch that, it's on YouTube. So you can, you, you can watch it, or if you wanna watch the whole film, uh, it's really a beautiful film. And it's one of these, one of these movies uh, that encourages us and it really gives us a picture of what it is to run well. Uh, Eric Little, as you might know, was a Christian. And, uh, and in everything that he did, he wanted to bring glory to God. I put a couple quotes at the, at the beginning of the bulletin to give you a picture of who this man was. Um, I'm, I'm going to share a little bit later more about him. But one of the things that he said is that God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And in this film, you have the scene of them running along the beach, but also scenes of them being in Paris as they're running uh, during the Olympics. And I want you to have that image in mind. Maybe you haven't seen the film, but you've probably seen the Olympics or a track event where there are these athletes competing, and there's a crowd out there, this this big audience that is waiting uh, to see what's going to happen with these athletes Competing. And I want you to think of that because that's sort of the setting of Hebrews chapter 12 in these two verses. And the reason for this is that Hebrews from, verse, or from chapters 1 through 11 are all about how Jesus is greater than anything else in the whole world. And specifically, this author is speaking to the Hebrew people. He's speaking to the Jewish people and he's going through systematically and showing how Jesus is greater than anything else that has come before them from the categories of prophet, priest, and king. He even speaks to Abraham, the, the, the father of these people, of Moses, of others. And then in chapter 11, you see what's, what, what's sometimes called the hall of faith. These faithful people that have lived before that have have done amazing things, one of them being Rahab, who we talked about during the Advent season. And really, what what I love about it is that Hebrews chapters 1 through 11 are all about Advent, this longing for something better, this longing for something that that would satisfy God's people more than just the, the people themselves, but really that Jesus is the greater one. And then Hebrews chapter 12 actually sets us in the arena. And says, "Okay, all of these people are part of God's story. Now it's your turn. Now you are the person that is that is around these this great cloud of witnesses. These other people that have come ahead. So go and run well." And so that, is, that gives you a sense of what is happening. And so the question then is what does it mean to run well? And running well for, for our sakes this morning is going to be to patiently endure and to look to Jesus. It's really simple, I hope, this morning. Patiently endure and look to Jesus. Looking at verse one, we're going we're gonna to see how we patient, patiently endure. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This word endurance literally means patiently enduring. And patiently enduring means that you, that you keep going, but you do so in a way where you are doing it patiently, where you are understanding that there are, there are gonna be challenges, that there are things that are in your way that will be difficult and hard. And what this actually allows us to do as God's people is, is to understand that we have challenges in our own life, that the world itself is broken and that we have to, we, we have to keep going as we are um, involved in the world itself, uh, that we need to keep going, but also that there is sin that we have that clings closely to us That we need to shed, that we need to get rid of. I like to think of it this way. We would not go and run a race. Most of us dress the way that we are because we have too many clothes on. We need to shed and take off some of these clothes. But what the author is actually speaking to are things that are even closer to us than just our clothing, because clothing is really easy to take off. I'm not gonna take off my shirt right now, but it would be very easy for me to take off my shirt and, and put it off, put it off of me. These are things that are actually part of us, that are part of our identity, part of who we are, that we need to get rid of. And so the way that it is, it is stated in Christian theology is that we need to mortify the flesh. We need to, and th- this may sound really like wild and too much, we actually need to kill the parts of us that are hindering us, that are causing us to not run as well. So mortifying the flesh is a part of patiently enduring. It seems really counterintuitive that patience would, would mean being okay with ourselves. We have sin, but, it, but it's okay. But no, actually the Lord wants us to kill parts of ourselves that are not righteous, that are not good, that are not leading us to God. Um, And so I want you to think of that when we mortify the flesh because it allows us to run better. Now, I am a college minister. I work in a college setting. And if you've ever been to college or know anything about college, you know that often people talk about college as just being this amazing experience and what the subtext of that, it means that you can do a lot of stupid stuff. You can make a lot of really bad decisions. You can do a lot of things that, that seem to be a lot of fun, but are also probably really terrible for you. And I can list off um, tons of them, but I'm going to leave that to your imagination because there are children uh, in here right now. But, but what, what is so amazing about walking with students during that time is seeing them recognize the destructiveness and the, the awfulness of being caught up in sin and it being part of their lives. Whether it's the identity that they are now proclaiming to have that is actually detrimental to their life, but often it is, it, it, it are, it's the, the sin, the sin patterns. One of the things, we, we came from Orlando And I served at the University of Central Florida, and a student in particular had just an incredible, incredibly awful drinking problem. And he tried to justify it as, well, it's just something that I like to do with my friends. It's just something that that makes me feel a little bit better when I'm coming down from doing my aerospace engineering degree. Like, I, I need a break. I need some time to just kind of chill. And so this actually brings me down from the intensity and the anxiety that I deal with And over time, and over really his own exploration of reading the scriptures, he realized how much harm he was doing to himself and how it was really distracting him from his relationship with God. And instead, what what he did was was began to put into practice his own, uh, some, some spiritual disciplines of prayer, of meditation, of calming his own Heart instead of allowing a substance to do that. And I know for a lot of us, this isn't your problem. You're probably not binge drinking at home. But we binge on Netflix, we binge on shows, we binge on our time of our, with, with our comforts instead of looking to Jesus, instead of, of going to the Lord. And those things become part of us very, very easily becomes part of us. And so we need to consider how we are laying aside the weights and the sins which cling so closely to us. It could even be money and an obsessiveness of looking at how much money you have. Often this is one of the biggest things that I struggle with is just constantly obsessing and looking at what I have and that that becomes my identity the second point is that we are, we are then encouraged in this passage. Running well means looking to Jesus. And this seems really, really simple, but what, what the author here does is that he actually gives us a lot of meat to chew on what it means to look to Jesus. He says, looking to Jesus in verse two, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I love this because what he he is stating here is like some really deep theology of Jesus. He is the founder. He is the one who is there from the beginning of our faith. He is the perfecter because he is the one who conquered sin. He also did what we couldn't do, which is live up to the righteous requirements of the law. And then it says, for the joy that was set before him, he, he was joyful in going to the cross. He endured the cross. Same word of patiently enduring the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. This text actually gives us who to fix our eyes on, which is Jesus. It also gives us some depth in, in, in our struggle of life, when we are sad, when we are struggling with our sin, to consider who this Jesus is. It's not some esoteric kind of like thought that we need to have of looking to Jesus. We look to Jesus as the one who has perfected our faith, who has despised the shame when we are feeling shamed, who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, who is interceding on our behalf. And so Jesus then is who we can imitate, who we look to as as one who um, whose life we can we can imitate and model, but he's also one who we rely on, who we're dependent on, because we know that our own way is not going to not, not gonna be enough. We must depend and rely upon Jesus. Jesus again was driven by joy for those people who are made in the image of God. He desired for us to be in his kingdom. Jesus was perfectly joyful in ways that we could not even come close to imagining. Um, But this this opportunity for us to imitate Christ can come up in many, many different ways. Um, And God is good and he is at work in and through us. I'm not sure if many of you guys, actually probably a lot of you remember this, but June of 2015, there was a terrible shooting inside a church in Charleston, South Carolina. It was in what's called Mother Emmanuel Episcopal Church, and nine people were killed. Um, and the, <clears throat> the, the shooter wanted to actually incite a race war uh, because it was a historically black church, uh, is the, the people who he killed. And what you found out is that the people had invited him in to be part of this Bible study and really desired for him to to grow and to know Jesus. What happened is that he killed nine of the people that were there. It was tragic. It was awful. Those kinds of things should never, ever happen anywhere, right? Something profound happens on the Friday of that week, which is that the, the killer actually had to face representatives of the family. Not sure if you guys remember this, it was actually publicized. It was, it was something that was shown on every major media outlet. And um, in this time, in 30 to 45 minutes, these nine representatives stand, stood up and spoke to the, um, uh, to the killer himself. And the first woman stood up and softly in tears, she said, I forgive you what? This man just ruined the life of someone that she loved. And, she, and the first thing that she could say is, I forgive you. She even repeated it and said that she wanted him to repent and believe in Jesus in the kindest way possible. It was, it was amazing. And then another woman stands up and she says, we invited you into our meeting. And then after saying some other things, she said, we would gladly invite you again Others spoke of Jesus and, and honestly wanted this man to know who Jesus was. This is a picture of what it is to run well, to, to lay aside the things that are clinging to us and to look to Jesus. And then for, for these people to actually point to Jesus, who Jesus is. I want to give you guys a sneak peek as to what Michael and I do as ministers of the gospel. That's it. We point people to Jesus. We let them know who Jesus is because he and I and anyone else who desires to, know, to, to want to share the gospel is not saying, come and follow me because I am great, because I have done good things. No, we recognize that we are sinful people and that we need Jesus and we need to follow him and that he is the best leader. He is the, be- he is the one who has run the race the best. I love, I love this picture of looking to Jesus too because even if you are struggling in your faith or if you are skeptical or if you have no faith at all, you've never even heard the name of Jesus, it's the same thing that we do. We fix our eyes on Jesus the person that has known about him and never known a day without Jesus, which hopefully we desire for our children, is the same as a person who has never heard the name of Jesus except today. That is really good news for us because there is no, there, there, there is no hierarchy. There is no better Christian than another. There are no best Christians. We are all running a race. We are all together. In this, and we are all desiring for one another to look to Jesus. That is such good news for us today. Uh, I love the words of <clears throat> the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 2. And I even thought of this when I heard the, the families in Charleston talk about Jesus so much. And what he says is, I declare to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. I declare to know nothing among you except Jesus. In other words, look to Jesus. He is the one who matters the most. He is the one who you should fix your eyes on. He is the one who you should imitate. He is the one that we are running towards. I mentioned the story of Eric Little. It's a remarkable story of him being involved in the 1924 Olympics. Again, in that film, you actually hear that's, uh, he decided to skip the 100 meter, uh, it, one, one of the heats. It was, it was one of the qualifying heats in order to go on to the, the medal round um, because it was held on Sunday. And um, he was the best runner in the world. He probably would have won the gold medal had he competed. Um, and what, what was amazing is that he ended up qualifying for by another way and running in the 400 meters and winning. A race that he wasn't even familiar with. It was just an incredible story. Um, but his eyes were, were elsewhere. Even as a world champion, of being in the top of the world in his events and in a really hard race. And this is what he said: he said, it has been a wonderful experience to compete in the Olympic Games and to bring home a gold medal. But since I've been a young lad, I've had my eyes on a different prize. You see, each one of us is in a greater race than I have run in Paris. And this race ends when God gives out the medals. When God gives out the medals. And what is beautiful, again, about this is that we are, regardless of how long you have run, if you are running for Jesus, you win a medal. You are with the Lord, you are with him And so our God desires to be in relationship with you. And our God God actually desires for us to run well right now and for us to continue to run this race. 2020 has been a crazy year. In 2021, we have no idea what's gonna happen. Um, But I hope that this is encouragement for you to keep going. If you are a Christian, to keep going. If you're not a Christian, if you feel like you are far away From God right now, we hope that this is an opportunity for you to run now, for you to look to Jesus and to be patient on yourself as you have things that are clinging close to you. I pray also this is an opportunity for you to grow deeper in your relationship with our Lord and that it would be an encouragement for you. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, we thank you for these words. We pray that, um, this morning, that we would run this race well. We thank you for the example of Eric Little. We thank you for the example of many others that have come before us um, and those who have fixed their eyes on Jesus. We pray that we would do that uh, even as people who are dimmed by what the world has given us, dimmed by our own sin. Um, We pray that we would look to you in all that we do.